0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast Frontier Faith, a podcast where it's okay not to know, not to know what you believe or why you believe it. It's okay to change what you believe. It's okay to keep some of the stuff you believe the same as it's always been. It's really okay. I think a lot of us have come from theological or even family worlds where that wasn't necessarily the case, where we were told not just what to believe, but very specifically that if we didn't believe certain things, you know, we'd certainly be in trouble with God or whoever. And one of the reasons Nate and I wanted to do this podcast was to explore and kind of demonstrate that we don't think that has to be the case. Turns out that God can handle our questions, God can handle doubts, God can handle exploration. And I think, rather than be upset about it, I think that God is actually excited to do that with us. My name is Ryan Harris. Normally Nate's here too, but he has this week off. Um, We are planning on both being here next week to getting back more into the normal swing of things, but we've both had some busy, busy times um, involving various fluffy things. Anyway, so for today, um, I wanted to talk for just a little bit and maybe offer a reflection on something in my own uh, religious life, if you will, and talk about that, but then hopefully kind of connect it or use it as a way to prompt reflection in your own life, your own story about, about something. So um, if you've listened to this podcast much, um, you know that I grew up in the Pentecostal world and that I'm no longer there. While I haven't decided to throw out all of the theology I learned or inherited from there, some of it I have. And, you know, if you've heard many of our episodes, you know, I was kind of forced to leave anyway for various reasons. And so, one of the things that I was thinking about this week was I've noticed that. Uh, like I said earlier, some things in terms of my Pentecostal theological heritage I've really hung on to, um, even though I may never go to a Pentecostal church again. I mean, who knows, but it seems unlikely, but hey, you never know. Things, and these aren't the topic today, so I won't dwell on them, but things like the imminence of the Spirit and how uh, the Holy Spirit gives us power to do amazing things um, in the sense of God accomplishes things through the power of his spirit that is given to all believers. Um, you know, I, I still hang pretty tightly to the idea that the spiritual gifts are for today and for us, you know, stuff like that. And one of the things that's A very central, if not, well, probably the central part of Pentecostal experience is speaking in tongues. Now, I've talked about that in the past, and I'm not going to give you a whole, you know, doctrinal or historical explanation of that today, Um, because even if you don't, I mean, some of you probably already know the gist, and and even if you don't, you've probably heard of it. Um, It's the idea, though, briefly, that when a Christian uh, experiences God in a in a way that is separate from their salvation, they are baptized in or receive the Holy Spirit in a way that's subsequent and separate from receiving the Spirit at salvation. That's a pretty common thing among Pentecostal beliefs. There's variations on how that looks and how you know, and, and there's certainly difference. But but that idea of the baptism in the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit is is a very, as I think, probably the central part of Pentecostal, not just theology, but also practice. Um, Usually it's it's, uh, speaking in another language, either an earthly language, like a real language that you have no knowledge of, that God enables you to do that. Or for some people, they call it a prayer language, wherein I don't know if they're nonsense words or just, you know, vocalizations, the glossolalia type idea. And there's a lot of ways that that shows up in different services. Um, Sometimes you'll see it and that someone will give a, a message in a tongue that they say is from God, and then someone else will interpret it as like a prophetic type deal. And sometimes you hear stories in the old days, you'd hear stories of, missionaries uh, going to various places in the world where they didn't know the language thinking that being able to speak in tongues would enable them to just speak the language there. Generally that didn't work out so well, but anyway. Or the other way is some people see it as a kind of a personal prayer language. So there's this idea of when you are praying that You don't even know what words to say, but there's still something in your spirit, or there's this way that uh, you can pray that that connects you with God in a way that's deeper than just saying words in English or whatever, and that is more the idea of um, speaking in tongues as a personal prayer language. There's plenty more that could be said about that, but that's just kind of the gist, and the reason I bring this up today is I was reflecting on this this week because you know, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 13. I remember it very well. Um, and I think it was a very real experience. You know, I remember being prayed for. I remember um, just this real sensation of being enveloped in or covered by or even like submerged in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I there was this sense of real this real sense of joy and, um, closeness to God that I don't know that I've, I don't often feel. Um, it was one of those times where that was when I felt like one of the, what's the right way to put this, the purest or closest experience of God's presence in my life. It was one of those times. You know, you get a few of those every now and then. Um, well, maybe. And it was one of the, the top few where I really felt God's presence and, and God working in my heart through the Spirit in a new way. And, you know, I did speak in tongues. I I don't remember, I don't think it was an actual other language. You know, I wasn't speaking Mandarin or something. Um But it felt very real. And, you know, I I realized that I don't, I mean, I realized this a while ago, but what I was thinking about this week is that I don't engage in speaking in tongues anymore. I haven't for years, probably. Yet, I don't remember ever making a conscious decision to, like, stop. I haven't decided that it's bad or that it's not, you know, biblical or whatever that means. I haven't, like, I don't object to it on a theological basis, you know. I still think it's a a valid um, religious expression for people, for some people. And I can see how it really connects with some of those same people, how it helps them connect with God in a new way. And for some people that really works. So I didn't stop doing it because I all of a sudden decided that it was not right. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't, like I said, I don't think I ever consciously woke up and said, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. But I realized that it's like I said, it's been years and I don't really, it's not really part of my prayer life. It's not really part of my, um, religious life, if you will, anymore. And so I was just thinking about that, because usually with a practice that's part of your religious life or your faith life that was so central to it for so long, usually if you don't do that anymore, you can point to, you know, here's a reason why, or I don't, like I said, I don't think this is right anymore, or what have you. So it made me wonder then why am I not doing that anymore? Should I start again? You know, and and I think there's a lot that's probably wrapped up in it, not all of which I'll talk about here today. But you know, I think for one thing, I I've had a lot of difficulty from the Pentecostal world, um, as I mentioned at the top. And if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you know more of the story. But I was basically kicked out of that world, and so. It wouldn't surprise me if some of that trauma and pain kind of is in the mix, right, is uh, part of the reason why I've kind of um, cooled down on that, maybe. Uh, That would make sense. You know, I'm not a psychologist, and you can only get so far with introspection, but I I think there might be something to it. I think just in general, the last five, ten years of my life or so, um, I've been a lot of theological reckoning and wrestling and uh, sea changes in a lot of ways, like very, very different than where I started in, in so many ways. And it might just be that I'm trying to find a spot, theologically speaking, in terms of church, in terms of if I want to belong to another denomination or group again, And it might be that as a way of fitting in, you know, if they don't really do that there, it's not that I would be like, you know, burnt at the stake or something if I did, but uh, that might be part of it also. But it makes me wonder, like, it would be a lot easier if I could tell you, oh, that was just me being a 13-year-old who wanted attention or who, you know... This was very important to my family and to my church, and so it it would make sense if I had made it up or exaggerated it or whatever, because then I could just say, well, that was a thing that I did then because it was what I needed to do to fit at the time. It made sense. You know, I wanted approval, whatever. And I guess I can't 150,000% say that there's nothing to that, but honestly, I really do think it was a real and genuine experience of God. Like I said, one of the most real ones that I've had in my life. So I, I'm hesitant to jettison it, as I've said entirely, even though in practice or in praxis, um, in effect, even if I kind of have from my my daily or my my life, you know, I think part of it might also be that I don't know that it follows that the only way to experience the Holy Spirit like that is through speaking in tongues, you know, that was involved at that point because that was the context I was in. And maybe that's the way that the Spirit wanted to work in me at that time, you know, so in that sense it was accompanied by uh, speaking in tongues, and that was a central part of the experience. But maybe that's not, like, those were always kind of presented as, you know, that was the evidence of the Spirit filling me, and so that was a good thing that you should expect. But really, I wonder now if it was just the outward manifestation, contextually situated manifestation of what God was doing. But the important part was the work of the Spirit, not in whether I was speaking in tongues or not, you know. Which if that's the case, then there's no reason that I or anyone else couldn't experience God's work through the Spirit in the same way, regardless of whether there's, whether there's any speaking in tongues or not. And I have to say that 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 feels more right to me, that idea that giving those things up don't mean that I have to never experience God in that way again. Or that, you know, if you don't speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit wants nothing to do with you. Um, Because if that's the case, then most Christians are in a a bad way. (laughs) Um, And I don't think that's the case. So I, I wonder, even going forward, what, what does it look like to pursue and experience the Holy Spirit in different contexts? So, you know, I'm currently going to a Methodist church, you know, and they don't do any of that there. And so what does it look like to experience the Spirit in a setting where they don't do that kind of stuff? It's like, what does it look like to separate the two? And you know, how can I look for what the Spirit is doing in other settings? It's hard to do that because when you are so conditioned to think that God works in one way or a primary way or only one or two ways, it can be easy, I think, to sometimes miss what God is doing in other ways. So that's kind of what I'm reflecting on right now, This this idea of I don't think that the spirit is done with me or anyone else, in which case I'm trying to be aware and to be sensitive to and to look out for what God might still be doing. And and I don't think it's all about ecstatic experiences, by the way. It's not like I felt a lot of joy and laughter and, and that was a very real emotional thing. But I don't I'm not trying to say that that is the central part either. That might be part of it, but it also like there's lots of ways that God could work. There's lots of ways that the Spirit moves in our hearts, in our minds, in our our uh, spirits, and however those are all together. And so I'm trying to be careful to not confine God to the same box, just with different wrapping paper, you know. And so that's that's kind of what I'm reflecting on. I don't I don't have a full answer for you, other than like I said, the idea that. It's maybe about looking for how else God is working through the Spirit in our hearts um, in a different way than I am used to. I hope that maybe that can prompt you to just think about, you know, what are some things in your own life that either you used to do but don't do anymore? And I, I mean in the sense of your Prayer life or worship life or church life or theology or any of that, whatever works, whatever puzzle piece fits for you here. And maybe just take a few minutes and and think about, well, wonder why don't I do that anymore? What stops me? You know, have I, and it might not be in the same spot as me on this one. You might say, well, I don't do that anymore because I've decided it's not good or it's actually damaging and I didn't realize it or, you know, anything, really anything, sky's kind of the limit there. And the reason I think that might be important is, is one, it helps us to kind of reorient ourselves and and stop and say, wait a minute, Uh, regardless of how much I've changed on something, even if it's only a little bit, um, it kind of reorients us again to look and see, okay, but whether God is working that way or not, how is God working? What is the Holy Spirit doing, want to do in my life and in the life of others through me? And, you know, if, if, if it's that your theology has changed on something, perhaps that is this process that we're talking about. You know, I know we like to think of theology with our minds, and that's certainly I mean, shit, I'm not going to argue with you. That's certainly a central part of theology is how we think and what we think about and and the doctrines and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, this change in theology that happens that a lot of us who listen to this podcast and others like it have experienced is also, I think, the work of the Spirit and not just something that we decide in our minds or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I hope that You can just kind of use this as a prompt, if you will, maybe in your prayer times this week or just as you sit in the car and think and commute or take the dog for a walk or anything else or maybe just a few minutes here or there. Is there something that's changed about your practice, your theology, your beliefs? Um, And if so, what might God be saying to you about that process or through that process? what might what can you see about how god is speaking to you or or wants to work in and through you in the change that has resulted however big or small that might be and maybe it's not done yet you know maybe it's an ongoing process and and you switch back and forth throughout your life and i don't know but whatever it might look like i just think it can be really healthy for all of us to engage in that kind of theological introspection sometimes and see where God might take us from there. So thanks for listening. I, like I said, I hope that challenges you just a little bit. If you want to let us know what that brings up for you, you can send us an email at frontierfaithpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also tell your friends about our podcast, your friends, your family, your enemies, your mom, whoever, uh, just so we can help spread the word. about what we're doing here. And thank you for listening also. We appreciate uh, the time that you spend with us. So next week, Nate should be back and I should be back, Lord willing. <laughs> um, and we'll go from there. I don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but I, I hope that it will be good. I'm sure it will be. And yeah, so wherever you're at in this process of on the frontier or exploring or introspection like we talked about today, I just want to assure you that it will be okay. Um, because God is working with us and through us, and if that's the case, then God will take care of us.